Schools should teach our kids how to think, not what to think. But woke leftist activists think the opposite. And unfortunately, they're winning. I'm Jasmine Moulton, and it's time for a reality check. Municipal elections are taking place across the country right now. British Columbia just had one, Ontario has one coming up, so does Manitoba and Prince Edward Island. But a lot of Canadians don't care about their municipal elections. You should. Although a lot of media scrutiny focuses on the federal level of government, technically you're much closer to the effects of decisions made by municipal politicians. So you really should pay attention to who you're electing. And this is especially true when it comes to school board trustees who are elected at the same time, often during municipal elections. City News even reported that one in five voters in municipal elections didn't even fill out the section about their school board trustees. Don't be that person. Here's why. School boards have a ton of power. If you consider the Toronto District School Board, for example, the TTSB has a budget of over $3.5 billion to spend every single year, and that's about three times the size of the budget of the City of London, Ontario, for example. So we're talking lots of money, lots of tax dollars at their fingertips. But beyond just the spending decisions, trustees make the final call on every single policy and procedure that comes out of the school board. So it's really important that we pay attention to who we're electing to these positions. Increasingly, we're hearing news stories that school board trustees are going woke. Now, what does woke even mean? Woke typically is defined by those who claim to be woke as being alert to injustice, especially where racism is involved. And as you know well by now, this show is about debunking things leftists say. So this week we're gonna take on wokeism, specifically wokeism in our schools. And when it comes to wokeism in our schools, leftists will often say that it's no big deal. It's just about ending discrimination. It's a good thing. So we're gonna take that argument on. And also they'll say that it's not even in Canada critical race theory, that sort of thing. That's an American issue. That's not even here. Why are you talking about it? A lot of gaslighting going on and we're gonna tackle that too. And really the best way to debunk these arguments is just to list what's going on in Canadian schools. There's a long list of woke news stories coming out of Canadian schools and some of them you won't believe. Let's get started. So for their first argument that wokeism is about ending discrimination. Well, that sounds great. And if that was the case, then everybody would be behind it. Obviously, nobody wants discrimination in our schools. And this is probably how a lot of woke policies have managed to escape parents' notice. They sound great on paper. But while leftists say that wokeism is about ending discrimination, nothing could be further from the truth. Take a listen to how Elon Musk describes the woke ideology. You're working on some of those problems, but the problem of wokeness specifically, you mentioned that's like a mind virus and it's destructive. Uh, and why, why do you think wokeness is so destructive? I'm interested in your, your opinions too. Um, but, you know, like, I mean, generally, I think we should be aiming for like a, a positive society and uh you know that it should be okay to you know be humorous uh like you know like we should we should like like wokeness basically wants to make comedy illegal <laughs> which is not cool we've experienced <laughs> i mean Ch chappelle like what the flower bed i mean try to shut down chappelle come on man that's crazy um so um you know, so do, do we want a humorless society that is, is simply rife with condemnation 
uh, and hate, basically. Uh, and no forgiveness, right? Yeah. yeah. At, at its heart, wokeness is divisive, um, exclusionary, um, and hateful. It's, it's, it basically gives mean people a reason, a, 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 it gives them a shield to be, to be mean and cruel, mm. armored in false virtue. And of course, Musk is exactly right when he says that this is divisive, exclusionary, and hateful. In fact, being woke is the very opposite of diversity and inclusion. Along the same lines, even our founder, Candace Malcolm, an editor-in-chief here at TNC, wrote an article in the Toronto Sun saying this, What do you call someone who says we should judge people based on their skin color and that we should devise laws and rules that treat people differently based on their race? We used to call these people racists, but today they call themselves anti-racists. And if you disagree with them, then they call you a racist. But don't take their word for it. I'm about to list off examples of this wokeism in our schools, and you can judge for yourself whether you think that it's about being alert to injustice or if it's really just about perpetuating and in fact, exacerbating discrimination. Example number one, white privilege lesson plans from the Elementary Teachers Federation of Ontario. So the ETFO has developed these lesson plans for primary, junior, and intermediate, but what's important to note here is that they start as young as kindergarten. So kindergarten in Ontario starts as young, potentially as age four, meaning that while kids are still struggling to figure out how to tie their shoes, the ETFO thinks that they're ready for racism training. They of course call this program Learn, Disrupt, Rebuild. And as part of the program, they demand that teachers, quote, bring race into the conversation and teach students that racism is a defining part of our society. Again, they're starting to teach children this as young as the age of four. Sue Ann Levy, of course, has done some excellent reporting on this story. And she points out that a Hamilton school board is just one of the latest to push these sorts of policies on its students. Here's some of her reporting. The final module for the primary grades is intended to teach K to grade three students how to identify black racism. The anti-racism module says CRT, critical race theory, includes assumptions that racism is the normal way society does business and that it serves the interests of white people in power materially. All right, so moving beyond white privilege lesson plans, we'll get to our second example, which is as follows. The Halton region of the larger Ontario Secondary School Teachers Federation, OSSTF, which is a teachers union here in Ontario, quote, implemented a controversial weighted voting system to ensure that Indigenous, Black, and racialized teachers always represent 50% of the votes, even if they might only represent 5% of the voices at the given meeting. So essentially what they're doing here is saying that your vote counts for more or less depending on the color of your skin, which sounds incredibly racist and of course sets a very questionable lesson in place for the children that they're teaching. But beyond that, it's incredibly racist to assume that the groups that they identified here all think the same way. To say that two black teachers would have the same opinions is pretty racist in itself. People are individuals, they have different perspectives. Just because you have the same skin color doesn't mean you think the same way. But of course, the impact of critical race theory in our schools in Canada doesn't stop there. In Ontario, we recently saw de-streaming. So for those of you outside the province, because it's my understanding that streaming only took place in Ontario, 
Streaming was when you'd go into grade nine, so when you transfer into high school usually, at the grade nine level, you'd have the option to sign up for either academic streamed classes or applied for your maths, your English, your core curriculum courses. You're choosing between either academic or applied when you're going from grade eight to grade nine. Ontario Minister of Education, Stephen Lecce, who also happens to be a progressive conservative, made the decision to de-stream math classes back in 2021. And in 2022, the plan of course was to de-stream all courses offered at the grade nine level. The rationale of course was that streaming is quote discriminatory because students from racialized communities, low income households and other marginalized groups are more likely to be steered away from academic courses. At least that's according to reporting from the CDC. Now, right off the bat, as a former student from an Ontario high school, I can tell you this is false on its face because students choose their stream. Nobody is pushing you into one stream or another. And if that's the case, that you had some horrible person that was streaming children, telling children what they had to choose uh, based on the color of their skin, of course that would be horrible and discriminatory and that person should be dealt with appropriately. But in Ontario, students choose whether they want to take an academic or an applied course. So right off the bat, the idea that this is sort of discriminatory grooming is false. And in fact, there's a blog post from an Ontario teacher who wrote, anonymously out of fear of repercussions for his or her job. But this teacher writes against de-streaming, citing issues of illiteracy and innumeracy that are being covered up by woke band-aid solutions of de-streaming. Take a listen. This teacher says, and I quote, no news articles about de-streaming mention literacy because they're too preoccupied with persecuting the education system's supposed inequities. But the issue at hand isn't marginalization, racism, or classism as the applied students have significantly lower literacy skills than their academic counterparts, as demonstrated by the fact that nearly all academic students pass the Ontario Secondary School Literacy Test, and most applied students don't. So apparently what we're hearing from the Ontario government is that it's racist or discriminatory to let students chart their own course through high school, choosing their own classes, whether academic or applied, and instead it's best to just put all of those students with differing needs and differing preferences into the same class and hope for the best. But of course, this teacher is exactly right in pointing out that this, again, is just a band-aid solution. And like Elon Musk alluded to, the fact that wokeism is just about making yourself appear virtuous, it makes the Minister of Education seem virtuous that he cares about discrimination, but he's of course doing nothing to address the root causes. He's just eliminating streaming, which is a benefit to no student, but of course he seems woke and progressive. Our fourth example of wokeism in Canadian schools sticks perfectly with this theme of CRT, critical race theory, that everything is now racist. Consider some of the latest examples of racism that have been decried by public school boards in this country. Math, crazy hair day, Halloween costumes, and singing O Canada. Let me explain. So starting with math, according to the Toronto District School Board's Mathematics and Numeracy Department, examples of covert white supremacy in mathematics education include two plus two equals four, standardized testing, assuming mathematics is neutral, and the list goes on. You can see if you're watching the YouTube version of this show, you can see a chart that was used in, I believe, some training within the TDSB. This is some crazy, crazy stuff. 
when math teachers are considered racist for suggesting that two plus two does indeed equal four. Moving on, the next was Crazy Hair Day. So according to Kawartha Pine Ridge District School Board, Crazy Hair Day is now racist because many of the hairstyles selected are cultural styles for black people. And I'm quoting here, in deeming those styles crazy, we deem there's something wrong with them. Moving on to Halloween costumes, how are those culturally insensitive? Well, according to the TDSB, Quote, for many, Halloween is an exciting time of year. For people whose cultures are caricatured and appropriated, it can be a difficult time. As educators, we must prevent harm by engaging students in critical conversations about cultural appropriation, stereotypes, and caricature versus culture. With any luck, they will include the Prime Minister of Canada in those lectures. And of course, moving on to the last example, Oh Canada, how is that inappropriate? According to an Ottawa school board, quote, singing Oh Canada is distasteful and it should be replaced. Now, moving on to our fifth example of wokeism in Canadian schools, of course, the woke crowd would not rest easy if we neglected to include the trans community who they also claim face severe discrimination within our school system. And of course, much of these issues came to light with the recent news story that made international headlines, not just here in Canada, in Oakville, Ontario, where it happened, but of course around the world. And that was of the Oakville teacher, shop teacher who wore large prosthetic breasts to class while operating heavy machinery. Now, that story received a lot of attention, so I'm not going to dwell on it for too long. But an even bigger question around this whole story was, what was the board's reaction? What was the accountability here to a clear question around a dress code? So watch this clip of a Halton school board rep defending the teacher. So we are, as a board, we are committed to human rights and we're committed to supporting all our teachers and staff and students in an environment that upholds their dignity their gender identity and their gender expression, right? Issues around safety are matters that we deal with on an ongoing basis. And we continue to deal with those issues, not just with any this teacher, but with all teachers. So that is something that we're committed to health and safety for all our students and staff. But I, I noticed, Mr. Innes, you can't display nipples as part of the um, dress code of the Halton District School Board. All of his outfits, he's displaying nipples. Um, in the shop, he's wearing long sleeves. Those massive prosthetic breasts are near cutting equipment. Um, I would argue if this was a student doing this, it would not be tolerated. So why does this person uh, get such leeway? Uh, you keep saying he. Um, the first thing is um, we are you know, being respectful of all of our gender identity and gender expression of all of our staff and we are supportive of our staff and our students. This, this, the dress code is for students and the dress code is not for staff. The dress code is for students. Now, of course, this wasn't the first time that a trans-related issue within a Canadian public school had made news headlines. Back in 2021, the Toronto Star reported, and it wasn't a critical piece, it was really more upbeat and positive. They reported the following. An Oshawa school has become the first in Durham to host Drag Queen Storytime as part of Pride Month. On June 22nd, back in 2021, 
Kindergarten to grade three students at Coronation Public School welcomed Durham drag queen Violet Parks for a virtual event that included reading books with an inclusivity theme. And a quote in that article from the drag queen stated, performing for kids is all about becoming a magical princess or character for kids to feel connected to. In a kid's perspective, it's similar to meeting a Disney character. Now, further on in the Toronto Star article, of course, they interviewed the principal at the school at the time, and the principal had stated that it was good to bring in drag queens for story hour because the lessons that it taught kids about values uh, were overall good. So, so the kids were learning a lot. But again, the trans-related news headlines in our schools don't stop there. The National Post ran a piece titled Reason-phobic school board punishes teacher over valid questions about transgender books. So this story was actually pretty basic. There was a teacher at one of these schools in Waterloo who saw some books in the library that she just raised concerns about. She was asking the question, are these appropriate? Is this good content for children to be consuming? And of course, just for merely raising this question, the board took disciplinary action on the teacher. Now, here are the two books that she raised concerns about. And the National Post reports, one book titled Rick tells the story of a child who, in the second chapter, identifies as asexual. The teacher felt that the book might lead children to think that there's something wrong with them if they don't have sexual feelings at a young age. Quote, maybe Rick doesn't have sexual feelings yet because he is a child, she said. The second book, The Other Boy, is what it's called, tells the story of Shane, a transgender teen. In the book, a doctor tells Shane that there may be side effects to medical transition, to which Shane simply replies, it's cool. The teacher argued that the book trivializes the aforementioned side effects, which include sterilization. Now, while I could go on and on about various other examples I uncovered, here's the last one that I'll share on the show today. This is a poster. This is a tweet I saw shared by Jonathan Kay, and the poster was put up in a Forest Hill public school last year, according again to Sue Ann Levy. And if you're just listening to the show, you're not watching it on YouTube, the poster essentially has a series of uh, drawings and a poem throughout that says, Women are women regardless of sex, and men are men in the same respects. You can be both or a mix of the two, or you can be neither if that's what suits you. But people are people whatever their parts, because what really matters is what's inside our hearts. Now, of course, one of those drawings shows a female who has had her breasts removed, which of course raises questions of age appropriateness amongst other things. So while I've listed a ton of examples in today's show of just how woke Canadian schools have become, sadly, I couldn't even fit all of the examples into this show. There are so many to choose from and so many of them are really concerning. A really important thing to consider is the backdrop of what all of this is happening against. So it's not like Canadian schools are thriving, their scores are off the charts, that they just have a lot of extra time to talk about all of these issues and delve into really controversial areas. No, what's actually happening in Canadian schools is that despite historic highs in funding across the board, international test scores are declining. Now we covered this extensively in another episode, so I'm not going to go too far into the details there. You can check out that episode if you would like more information on why that's happening. But the point is that we're not even getting the basics right, reading, math, and arithmetic at the same time that 
we're focusing on all of these other really controversial topics. So here's a reality check. It's obvious that our schools are now teaching our students what to think instead of how to think. And what they're teaching them is very controversial to say the least. We need to pay a lot closer attention to what's going on in our schools. And that's why it's so important that you pay attention to this upcoming municipal election if it's happening in your province. Take a look at the people running for the position of school board trustee and check out the policies that they are proposing. But even if you're in a province that isn't having an upcoming municipal election, there's still a lot that you can do to hold our schools to account. For example, in Alberta, I think there was a municipal election last year. So the next one is in 2025. But between now and then, you can also do something like write to your MLA, your member of your provincial parliament to express your concerns over some of these woke policies that are infecting Canadian schools. That's our show this week. Thanks so much for listening. If you like our content and you think it's important, then please consider making a donation at donate.tnc.news. I'm Jasmine Moulton, and this is Reality Check. Hey.